Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out, no matter how hard it rains. In my city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 292nd episode of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian M. Hauser. You can find me on Twitter, at HawkBlogger. And we are here after another Seahawks loss, unfortunately. Uh, boys could not pull it out after playing, I think, a really excellent football game for the most part in a uh, situation that nobody gave them any chance to be competitive, including myself. Did not think this game was going to be close. Uh, and in a lot of ways, I think it's pretty fair to say that the Seahawks should have won this game. I think the Seahawks, I think the Seahawks had a terrific day on offense, obviously did not punt all day. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Jason Myers misses an easy field goal that ends up not being the difference, but very well could have, uh, they were, they were pretty close to where being down three points would have made a big difference. Um, and mostly uh, on defense, I mean, I think the the Cowboys deserve a ton of credit. CeeDee Lamb is an absolute beast and incredible receiver. And I really thought the Seahawks would be able to slow him down. They were not able to. Um, and after that, uh, you got to talk about the refs. People, there's a lot of folks that will say that's bullshit. Why do you talk about the refs? Um I thought the refs were a huge part of this game. And uh, there was a number of calls that were just a lot. I mean, I, I, don't, I can't think of any of the calls that went against the, the Cowboys that were questionable. I can think of probably a half dozen that went against the Seahawks that were, were very questionable. So with that, let me let me welcome in Jeff Simmons at Real Jeff Simmons on Twitter. Uh, talk to me, man. What are your thoughts after that game? I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off. I went to that game just like so downtrodden and so downtrodden. And the way the game started at 17-7 and the defense had just so many losing plays. And I'm just like, this team sucks. But I hate to be the guy to complain about the refs, but that game changed based on those two drives in the game. And there was the one drive. There was four first downs on PI on Penalties from Dallas, four first downs. I don't know if I've ever seen that. And I think one of those were legitimate. The rest were some ticky tack, some horrible. The call on Bobby, you're looking at third and 11 there. 
that swings the complexion of the game by a ton. And the next drive, there's the, the PI on Tariq Woolen. And that's, I think, 30 yards of field position. And it's the defense was awful tonight. Defense was awful. They had some opportunistic stops, but they were awful. And I think the refs handed Dallas somewhere between 10 and 17 points, if you consider that play where Jaron Reed gets yanked by the neck on third and 16. He's going like this. And again, Seattle have three chances at the end of the game. They don't get any points, so we got to talk about that. The defense was awful. There's a ton of losing plays, but you can't not watch that game and say the refs didn't swing the game. There's 17 – it's already 10, 17 points that were swung. And every single neutral observer on Twitter tonight, or X or whatever it's called, talking about the refs. And it just sucks because Geno Smith, the offense, Geno had the best game of his career in my opinion. That was the best game I've seen him play, considering the opponent, considering who they were playing against. That was the hottest team in the NFL. Seattle should have won that game, and they should have won pretty comfortably. So I'm pretty pissed off. I don't really care that they lost for like playoff purposes. I'm just annoyed that that was, that was wasted. I uh, want to call out a couple super chats. Jacoby Bell, thank you for the super chat, says, should, uh, should PI calls be reviewable or limited to 15 yards? Uh I actually didn't mind when they were reviewable. I know a lot, like they went back against it, but for me, that was actually, I'm generally in favor of every play being reviewable, um, especially in certain situations or, you know, PI is just such a big call. Um, Yeah. I don't know how many of these would have been reversed, to be honest, because once you make the call, I think that's part of why they switched it back is it's really a a close call. And there was a number of plays where you could have called, if that was a penalty, the things they were calling are penalties, there could have been two dozen other penalties called in this game by that, by that measure. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. I also want to thank David here. He has a super chat and says, he thinks the weakest link on this team is a coaching staff. Talk about that in a little bit as well. Jeff, I, I'm no one's going to think I am a neutral observer here. You've been pretty, on the fence and if anything maybe a little bit uh moving away from geno smith and and in that regard i'm curious uh, i see a lot of comments in chat about that geno lost this game geno had happy feet geno you know geno's just did not play well and you kind of talked about this a little bit but i'd love to hear more of your thoughts there Gino is incredible tonight if you consider the quality of opponent you look at how good say deron bland's played um if Gino doesn't have the game that they had tonight, they get killed. Their defense couldn't stop anything. They had 40, what was it, 41 points on allowed. Gino did have three chances at the end of the game, and Tyler Lockett drops the ball on third down. Noah Fant drops the ball on the last drive. Yeah, Gino, Gino's not great under pressure, and we know that. That doesn't change any of how Gino played. Gino was the one reason they were in this game, and Gino should have won that game, and Gino should be the reason. They beat Dallas in Dallas with the best offensive performance they've had all season. I think to put this game on Geno is absurd. Sure, would you like to see him not bail on in pressure situations sometimes? The last one, JSN could have got his head around in some of the other plays, but if Tyler Lockett makes that catch, they might have won the game an hour ago. So Tyler Lockett dropping that ball, Jason Myers missing that field goal was a huge part of that game. Yep. Put this on Gino, like that's that's just you're going in with priors at that point. Because if you didn't watch Gino and think he was Dak was probably the best player in the field, but Gino was right there going toe to toe with what might be the MVP of the league. 
Yeah. Well, I, <coughs> sorry, I'm sick folks. So apologies for the coughs. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought he played an excellent game. I thought that I was pretty worried when I heard that the game plan and that he was going to try to throw people open and he was going to get rid of the ball faster. I thought that was going to add up to a lot of pressure, like uh, forced throws, because that's what we've seen from him, even in other situations. And I don't think there were. In fact, I even thought his interception, Josh Cashman and I see this differently. I thought his interception was he had to get rid of the ball quick. He made a throw to where he thought his receiver was going to be. Tyler Lockett lost his speed a little bit, did not, was not able to wall off the defender. And Deron Bland went through Lockett and made a great pick. I think that was, that happens. I don't think that was a bad play or a bad throw by Gino. And I think, I don't know where it ended up, but at some point during this game, he was under pressure on 55%, 53% of his dropbacks. And most of those pressures were coming in less than two and a half seconds. So I think it's honestly miraculous. I don't know if that's too strong, but I'm, I'm shocked. I will say that that he was able to put up 334 yards, a number of downfield explosive plays and three touchdowns when he's under that much pressure. That's, that's not the Gino that we've known. Um, and so that was, that was nice. I mean, it was nice to see. It was fun to watch them on offense. Um, I thought that Zach Charbonnet, you know, did his job for the most part. Uh, curious to find out what's, going to be wrong with him now that ken walker's been out and they lose him dj dallas is a massive massive God. step back and um i think one of the biggest stories tonight um let's go with another super chat here from uh jobin uh might be an unpopular opinion but i'm done with lockett as wide receiver two that route on the pick was terrible the drop can't happen time to move jason up i think the story of the game in terms of what it means longer term was jsn I thought JSN was an absolute factor all game. I think he easily could have been credit, given credit for that touchdown catch at the end of the half, which was a, an amazing route, absolutely toasted bland, and still got the pass interference. So as far as I'm concerned, he only had seven catches for 62 yards, but I think this guy was good for well over 100 yards uh, of offense tonight and was maybe the hardest receiver for them to cover. Um, I'm curious how your thoughts were about JSN. Yeah, that's the guy I know. And that's the frustration that's been for me watching him is he has a very clear and defined skill set that they have not tapped into. And the way they were using him, some of those like third downs is the player that they draft him to be because Tyler and DK needed that guy to compliment them. And like the way he was winning on third down tonight is why I think he could be so valuable and, be such a weapon for this team because they don't really have that guy. So like the third and sevens where they throw to him five yards and he could go two yards after catch. And he looked as good as we've seen him. And again, if you give him that touchdown, which he should have had that touchdown in my opinion, and that's a hundred yards and a touchdown. And he was a, a, he was like a dominant weapon. He looked like Jordan Addison at 20 yards the other night. This guy is getting better every week. And like, him and Gino are starting to connect a little bit, but that was the thing. Pete came out and said it this week, and I'm not, I have a lot of things to criticize Pete about, but they said we're not featuring this guy in our offense. And they did a lot more tonight. And you saw what it did for them. It it gave them the weapon that they need to compliment DK. 
It's an interesting point, and I want to I want to talk to this for a second. So, what did we hear from Pete this week? We heard not featuring the guys. He mentioned JSN. He mentioned the tight ends. Yep. He said he was going to get more involved in third down offense. I don't know if people remember that. He said that the Seahawks had their best night, their best game of the season in third downs. They ended up nine of fourteen on third downs. Um. And JSN was a huge part of that. So is Pete a better offensive play caller than Shane Waldron? Is that what we're here to find out? Like that is, that is fucking annoying. If Pete Carroll has to go in and tell your offensive coordinator to get Noah Fant caught his first pass in like seven years tonight and should have been, should have been featured even more than that. I thought, I mean, I know he had a drop or whatever, but like Noah Fant, like, was a big part of this game. I thought he played well. So I don't know, man. Yeah. And Pete also said Gino's got to get the ball out faster. He did. Look, I think if there's one thing you can criticize Gino for, I think he could have reset the protection on the last play with Parsons. But I don't know if that's a Gino or I don't know if the O line's calling the protection. But like, <laughs> Yeah, like Waldron, the thing that's been so frustrating is they have talent. It's not like – and just a lot of the – they use their players in such a better way today. Like, even Will Disley had that one steam route where Gino overthrew him a little bit. Yep. But they ended up scoring on drive, that drive, so it wasn't as big. But they use all all the guys. The, the routes DK was running, the routes JSN was running, even the way they were using Bobo a little bit, and the tight ends. This is what's been frustrating us so much in the last month. Just, they look – like the Broncos from last year where they had just – they were nothing. They had no identity. Every play felt random. Today it all worked together, and they weren't able to score on their last three drives, unfortunately, and Dallas got a little better defensively. And there was a lot of detail issues and some losing plays down the stretch. But I thought they'd score – I picked them to score seven points last night. They scored yeah. 35 points in Dallas. We could have had more. Yeah. And to yeah. me that's – that's by far the best development of that game. They should have won. They should have won. They should have won. Uh, super chat here from Michael Mathis, one of our most generous supporters. Thank you, Michael. Um, games like this make me want to stop watching the NFL. The refs are quite literally deciding playoff seating at this point. They swung the game by at least 10 points. Refs aside, Myers is not it. More Bobo. Why not? Um, Jeff, I thought... You know, my call it maybe a minor play, but I thought it was a meaningful moment. I thought Jake Bobo one was late to get out for his screen pass. You could see Gino getting very annoyed. They almost like had a delay a game. They get it out to him, and he absolutely should have had a first down on that. He got tackled early. Uh, I thought that was a big play that ended up turning into a fourth down play that they didn't convert. Um, so, I mean, people talk about the Tyler Lockett drop. I thought that Jake Bobo play, not getting the extra yard that he should have gotten was also a big play. Yeah. I, I, we joke about Jason Myers, but I'm serious, man. Like the guy on the Cowboys hasn't missed a kick in his career. has made every single kick. He's making a rookie minimum deal or whatever it is. Jason Myers shanks a 40 yard field goal. Uh, you know, he's just, it's not worth spending a lot of time on, but this guy is just not the guy. He is not he is not one of the guys that you want on your team that you're spending that kind of money on. So I agree with Michael on this one. Um, one quick super chat here 
from Runaway. It's Lubu. Coordinators need to go. Pete gets one more year. What's what's your reaction to that, Jeff? Uh, enough of that. That's just you first. Okay, well, has Pete shown any ability to hire great coordinators since Dan Quinn, who did he didn't hire? He just took from Jim Morris staff. No, I, that's a band aid solution. It's like when basketball teams fire their assistant coaches. If you want to get to the problem, get, fix the problem. Uh, the coordinator a you have to find two good coordinators. Pete has to, which is he has not really done. Like since Dan Quinn left, they haven't had a good defensive coordinator. This is the first good game Shane Walden has had in months. And the defense, which all so much resources invested in, is bad. So why are we bringing in Pete to fix a coordinator? I think if I think that's just baby steps and just leading to the more of the same. And I, I don't care for that. I think that's a waste. I think that's a waste of energy. Yeah, I mean. I, it's hard for me to get riled up about the coaches one way or another right now. I still feel the way I felt before this game in terms of, yeah, go ahead. I mean, it's definitely fine time to, to, to start over, start with a new coaching staff, whatever. It's a weird game for me to, to like call out Pete. Um, I think pretty much any other coach that had had the team playing the way it's been playing uh, up until now, and then gone into this situation against that team would not have gotten this kind of game. Like, it, I just don't believe, I think this is uh, an example of why Pete is a tough coach to fire because he is able to, to get something out of teams that other coaches can't. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I'm, I, will not be, I will not be upset if Pete Carroll is last year. You know, that, that's not going to be something I'm going to fight about at all. I just think the defense is unacceptable at this point. The level of resource and talent. And it was so obvious what Dallas has been doing. They've been hammering CeeDee Lamb. Was CeeDee Lamb double covered on one play tonight? Yes, he was. He was. Okay. But, like, they – in the first half, the amount of receivers that were just running free through their zones, when they have all these corners – they're so vanilla on defense. I'm just sick of it. And Brock Heward's tweeting it out too during the game. It's just like their zones are so bad. And Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb and Ferguson are just running free all night. They have no resistance at all. And they, they have some plays in here or there. And they, they have some good individual players. But collectively, I'm just tired of the defense being this bad. And again, that's a good, really good offense over there. Like you're not going to stop them every time. They have been the best offense in the NFL by far over the last six weeks, but just they're so vanilla and they're so soft and I'm tired of them just sitting back and sitting back. I don't think it's Clint Hurd. They've been doing this really since Dan Quinn left and since the talent's changed and they have pretty decent talent. Their safety play is awful right now. Well, that was my, that's where I was going to go is I think, you know, I asked you this during the game are Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs the worst players on the defense and getting paid the most? I think Frank Clark is the worst player on the defense. I don't know if he can. There, there. How about the worst starters? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't see where you're getting plus value at it. Jamal is not affecting the pass, a pass rusher. Jamal makes a good tackle here and there, but every time Jamal makes a play, he starts dancing around, but he's not impacting the game very much. As a force player at the line of scrimmage, he made a great read on one run, but 
I don't see – and he's coming off a major injury, so I, I got to give him a little bit of wiggle room. But Quandre Diggs, I know he's like preventing seams and all these things, but he's just – he's not looking good as a tackler. He's not making great plays on the ball. He didn't help Witherspoon on the one touchdown. I just – they're not getting any return on that money. They're paying these guys top-of-the-line money. And, again, so many people have written. I know like Rob Staden was – all year was saying take the money away from safety and put it at the line of scrimmage and those values just balloon again next year they're paying players at a position where the best teams howie wrote and we talk about him all the time they're paying peanuts to safeties yeah and it's a dallas i don't think dallas is paying safeties very much money and the Seahawks are paying 10 million in cap to both and they're they there's a very good case they are the worst player on the defense right now Tariq woolen's been really up and down but those guys just – when you're paying older players in the prime of their career, they're, they're getting killed on those deals right now, and it's, it's impacting their production. And the team is just not good enough in the back, in the back end of their defense right now. Yeah, I mean, the defense was not good, but I don't think they were as awful as it seems. I know they gave up 40-plus points in the end of the day, but um, Dak Prescott hadn't been sacked in three weeks zero sacks he was sacked four times tonight uh i thought that you know the the there was a key moment in this game where the seahawks did throw gino did throw a pick and the, the defense was able to get out without giving up any points it was one of the I think maybe the only time uh this was just a game where you had to outscore the cowboys i'm not sure there was a game plan that would have changed that. I do think that it's fair to ask how much Uchenna Nwosu, uh being injured has, has affected this team. I mean, he's he was one of their better pass rushers. He was definitely one of their bet, better run defenders. He also can cover better than some of the guys that they've been playing. Not sure if it affected the type of defensive calls they were able to make, but Dre Jones is not at all an Uchenna Nwosu. Uh, Frank Clark certainly isn't near as Derek Hall or any of the other guys. Daryl Taylor, you know, misses another sack tonight, uh, you know, but yeah, not great, not great, not fun. Um, I do want to give David a chance here with his super chat. It says too much of the cap is tied up in safety for their level of play. I think we were just talking about that. So we agree with you, David. Um, where do you go from here, Jeff? Uh, I, I, again, we they they have two they have two even harder games coming up. So, I think that ends any real chance they had of making the playoffs, unless like Green Bay completely implodes. And and really, I don't care if they make the playoffs tonight. At least was a sign that they're still they have talent and it's still legitimate. But the next two weeks, at this point, I kind of want to. I'm into player evaluation mode. I want to see some other guys like Evan Brown's done a nice job at center. But I would not mind seeing Olu yep. get some snaps in there. I want to see what Olu is. M. Brown's done a, a nice job. He's been better than I would have thought. And it was nice seeing Anthony Bradford out there. And Abe Lewis was great this year. I mean, Abe Lewis, Lucas was good. Um, Devin Bush. I want to see more from Devin Bush. And that might happen not by design. I don't know how bad Jordan Brooks is hurt. But I want to see more of him. Um, there's some just young guy. Kenny McIntosh. Like, I'm sick of DJ Dallas. He at uh, he sucks. He is Travis Homer all over again. 
I can't watch the guy play. I know Pete loves him, but Kenny McIntosh, they drafted him. He was a guy, he's got talent. Play Kenny McIntosh. It, it, it might not amount to anything differently, but I want to see the guy play. Like DJ Dallas at the end of the game, when he's on the field, I'm cringing. So yeah. really, it, again, it's pure evaluation. Well, they play San Francisco next week. I don't know if I even have the stomach to watch that. Um, they're going to kick their ass again. I don't know if I just want to see those asshole 49ers fans celebrating at home. So that game, the Philly game, will be interesting to see how they line up. They played Jalen Carter that night. But Phil Haynes went out tonight, and their offensive line was a little better, I thought. But uh, Zach Charbonnet did flash a little bit. He looked great on that screen pass. But, yeah, defensively, I don't really care to see Frank Clark anymore. I'd rather see a young player play. I don't know if that's – I don't know if Tyreek Smith is still around. See what you got on the team. Levi Bell, I know, got, I think, released last week. Yeah, put in the IR or something. Yeah, I don't want to see Frank Clark anymore. He's not doing anything. Let some of the young guys go. Devin Bush, I'm into player evaluation mode, and I want to see these defensive backs play man coverage. I'm sick of seeing guys run past Bobby Wagner and Quandre Diggs. Let Devin Witherspoon cover these guys up in man. Next week's going to be San Francisco, so good. Good fucking luck. But tonight I would have loved to see Witherspoon go with Lamb. And Woolen did okay job at the end of the game. But, again, last play of the game, it's Trey Brown on Lamb. And I know they got Brandon Cooks. And I want to see these guys play man coverage. they got so many receivers coming up in the next two weeks. So, And I want to see Geno build on what he just did because, again, this is a huge evaluation. If Gino played like that all season, we wouldn't be talking about anything. If Gino played like that, they'd have two to three more wins this year. Um, so I want to see him. I want to see JSN get even more snaps. And if they need to slow down Tyler Lockett's snaps, that's not the end of the world. But again, I'm at the point now they're six and six. Their playoff chances are pretty much shot. I think their ceiling is nine wins, assuming they can beat Pittsburgh and Kyler Murray. I don't even know if they can at this point. But that's all I care about at this point. Wins and losses. I know I'm pissed they lost that game just because of how fun it was, what the offense was. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. We care about winning the Super Bowl and making a run in the playoffs, not just getting in. Yeah, I agree with all that. I, I feel awful for Leonard Williams, man. I mean, I know. <laughs> going from the Giants to this sucks for him. It sucks because the Seahawks are almost – it's going to be hard for them to re-sign him if that was their plan. So – that turns out to be just as bad of a trade as, as we were worried it might be. Um, and then, you know, the thing that I really kind of walk away with, Jeff, is this was the – I think this was the team we thought we were getting this year. Yeah, 100%. That's ex- Right? It was like, oh, we're going to have this powerhouse offense. Our defense is going to struggle, but they're going to make enough plays to hopefully stay in it. And – I think we would feel a lot different if the season was a lot of games like what we saw tonight, as opposed to going seven quarters without a touchdown and and just looking completely aimless on offense. So, well, I mean, that's I did not expect this game to be worth watching. I was I, I had no expectations of any competition in this game, and it was nice to see that they fought. It was nice to see that they. They not only started well, but they came out in the second half and they scored on the first half again. And they generally kept their foot on the gas and played a pretty good score in every single quarter. 
scored a touchdown in every single quarter. Um, and it was great. I mean, there's this, there is this connection, Jeff, between DK Metcalf and Geno Smith. When DK goes well, Geno goes well. When DK doesn't go well, Geno doesn't go well. And I think maybe a little bit of vice versa as well. I thought, I can't remember the last time I ever saw DK catch a slam and then just run the rest of the way. Corin Robinson made a play like that every once in a while with Matt Hasselback, yeah. but like, I can't remember the last time we saw that. And oops, someone's saying my audio's out. No, I, I've been hearing you the whole time. Um, I don't know. People are saying bad things about my audio. I don't know. As far as I can tell, it's fine. Um, anyway, so it was nice to see DK break out three touchdowns. It was a uh, it was a great game for him. That's the. I mean, he's yeah. supposed to be your number one. He has not been putting together games like this. So, uh, you know, we talked about Gino. I think we hadn't talked about DK, and I think he deserves he deserves a shout as well. He played he played a great game. Would have liked to seen a little bit more at the end. Uh, he kind of disappeared, but I'm not sure how much that was on him versus on uh, other things going on. Yeah, that was the first time we've talked about that Philly game uh, in the playoffs. That was the first time all year he looked like it, and he looked like the type A and. That throw to him in the first play, the first drive was awesome. That was it was uh, it was jaw dropping. <laughs> Fastest player in the NFL on the field this season on that play. Big time Willie says a super chat Raiders fan. You all make the wild card. You'll you'll sneak one out against Philly, then win out. You made Dallas look vulnerable. How do you feel about Enigma? So I uh, thank you for the super chat, Big Time Willie, and uh, I actually. I don't feel like the Seahawks are going to miss the playoffs. I think there's a pretty decent chance they'll end up sneaking in one way or another. I, it's just not what I'm really focused on. Um, so I, I tend to agree with you. I think they'll find a way in. I I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is the guy that should be getting the most targets on this team. That's what I think. I think he is the the most reliable route runner He's got the guy that's going to create the most separation. I think if Gino really focuses on working it out with him, I think a lot of other things open up. And I think DK, as much as he's the most talented physical receiver, I think he is, he's a guy that it's great to have him be able to play off of someone else and to draw some more coverage away. So I don't think JSN is a number one, but I think JSN is a guy that should be getting 10 plus targets a game. And tonight he got 11 targets. And I think that was what he got the most targets of anyone on the team. And I think that's how it should be week in week out. Yeah. He should have had a hundred yards and a touchdown and 11 targets. And we be all saying, yeah, maybe he could have made that play at the end of the game on third down where he gets kind of pushed the same way Bobby did with that absolutely joke of a call that swung the game quite a bit. But yeah, that's exactly what I thought JSN was and why I thought he complimented DK and why I liked him in the whole draft process so much. I didn't like him because I thought he was better than Zay Flowers. or I really like Zay Flowers. I, you can go back to my tweets in January of last year. I'm tweeting about Zay Flowers. JSN, I thought, complimented what they had so well. And what I liked about him is he worked with DK, I mean, with Gino so well. Gino dominated the middle of the field last year. And that's where JSN, like those third downs tonight, where he kept moving the chains and moving the chains. And even when you threw it to him short of the sticks, he knows where the first down yardage is. 
He still needs to get a little better on his details, but that's just part of being a rookie. It's hard. There's some criticism of the Seahawks receiver coach. I don't know if I've never heard that before, but I've seen that today. But yeah, that was the JSN. Each week, he's slowly getting better, and we saw him flash a lot over the last six weeks. Tonight was the first, I'd say, complete game he's really had. And they should have won against the best opponent they've played other than San Francisco and Baltimore this year. They should have won that game. Uh, just a couple of things from Pete Carroll during his press conference. Um, I love the way the guys played tonight, played hard, tough, creative, and executed, battled the whole time. There are just way too many penalties in this game. Um, Got to get out of that kind of football. He says Zach Charbonnet banged his knee on the turf. Does not think it's serious, more of a bruise. Jordan Brooks, they just said it's an ankle injury, but doesn't seem like I've gotten any more detail than that. Uh, he thinks that the officials made a mistake on not resetting the clock after they moved the ball before the delay game, which then after that was a missed field goal by Jason Myers. Um, and as far as all the the penalties about uh, passing, he said, wow, the game's changing in a way that's bad and almost impossible for defenses to play. So um, anyway, you know, losers yeah. lose. Losers, you know, yeah. you can say whatever you want. The Seahawks lost. They're six and six now. They're probably going to lose the next two, and they'll be six and eight, five game losing streak. And it was uh, it was a game they they really deserved to win. I think that, I think honestly that's my takeaway. I think they deserved to win. I think Gino deserved to win. I think DK deserved to win. JSN deserved to win. I think yeah. that the the refs ultimately did enough in this game to sway what was a pretty even otherwise and. Uh, that's where I, I, you know, people say that's bullshit, but that's kind of how I, I see it. But you lose, you know, they, they were, they were not, the Seahawks are not good enough to withstand making that many, having that many penalties that are legit and having that many penalties that aren't legit. They're just not good enough to beat a, a good team like Dallas with that much going against them. Yeah. I'll say like, I do think the number one reason they lost was the refs, but that's what you just said. They should have won two of the last three games. They should have absolutely won that Rams game. And maybe tonight's a 50-50 coin flip based on the game win. But I think they should have absolutely won that game. And if they win two of those last three games, the whole story or their whole trajectory of the team is completely different. And like you said, losers just lose. And it's a great point. If they win these two of the three games, what's their record right now? There's Instead of six and six, they're what, eight and four? Mm-hmm. They're in four and they beat Dallas and they beat the Sean McVay on the road. And we're feeling totally different. They end up eight and six with those three games left with a chance to go 11 and six It is a totally different feeling. And so, yeah, the refs were a huge part of why they lost tonight. They handed Dallas a minimum of 10 points. Uh, the calls, the one drive with the four calls all for first downs, three of them were bullshit. If I was coaching the NFL, I would have I would have got kicked out of the game. I would have snapped. So I give Pete credit. I would have ran in the field at one point during that one drive. But the there's just a mixed in with all that. There's so many losing plays, and I don't want to overlook that because of the reps or the other things. There's just still way too many detail issues. There's way too many mistakes defensively. There's way too many missed tackles. There's way too many. Miss blocks. And if you watch that last play, I see oh, there's clips going on right now where DJ Dallas has lined up to block Micah Parsons. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. And even if 
and the whole thing, like I, I saw Evan going crazy about that clip. It's just there's still too many losing plays. They're not on their details. The first half when they're up 17-7, it was like it was horrible to watch. And I credit Seattle for making that a game and turning that around. And really, they were up eight points. They could have been up 17 points if the refs didn't give them four first downs on that one drive. And they go third and 11, they punt. But, again, it's an excuse and it's an excuse and it's an excuse. They dropped two of the last three games. They easily should have won. And that's why their their season is over. Losers yeah. lose. I think you said that so well. Well, I think we're going to wrap there, folks. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I don't have a lot more to say, and I got to take whatever medicine I'm going to need to sleep tonight. But, but uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. If you haven't already given the show a like, please do. And uh, please subscribe to the to channel and go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up, get access to the, the Slack channel where you can also talk to other Seahawks fans along the way. There's plenty left to talk about. And we will see you next week for the next episode of Real Hawk Talk. Until then, I want to thank Jeff Simmons at Real Jeff Simmons on Twitter. I am Brian Emhauser at Hawkblogger. Have a good night, folks. Didn't work out the way we wanted, but at least we had something to cheer for. Take care. Hey folks, this is Brian Nemhauser. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. I want you to know that Real Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast platforms. Go ahead and subscribe. Have all podcasts delivered directly to your phone after each and every show. And then go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Helps us out, gets more people to the show. Then, if you haven't already done it, go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger and subscribe for just five bucks a month. Gets you immediate access to our Slack channel. Join hundreds of folks in that community to talk Seahawks about wins, losses, and all things in between. Not to mention become eligible to win giveaways for Seahawks tickets and get to ask questions of the Real Hawk Talk crew every week on the show. Finally, if you haven't gone to hawkblogger.com recently, head on over. Tail the Tape Morning After articles are there every week. Hoping to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. Go Hawks.